You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, I've got uh, the queen of uh, the community hero, uh, uh, feature in the studio, Hannah. Yes, and she's, she's suitably dressed. Oh, yes, on all of her Christmas gear. In fact, you're making me feel very on Christmassy, Hannah. That's all right. I've got enough for both of us, Blair. <laughs> did you have a lovely time? Thank you, I did. And are you impressed with our studio? It is a glitter factory in here. It's marvellous. It's lovely. And there's even some sweeties over there. Oh, you know. I have spotted them, yes. You, know, you can help yourself. The Thank you. I think somebody keeps pinching all the good ones, you know. Well, so. I like the green triangles, so we'll, um, we'll have a look. We'll have a moment of silence for the green triangles. Oh dear. But if anybody's listening to the programme and you have an oversupply of green triangles, uh, yeah, and just get round Send to our studios. Send them over. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, did you have a great Christmas? Thank you, I did. I know you were a bit poorly before. I managed to rally. It was a beautiful Christmas miracle. We managed to rally in time to clean the house and cook the turkey. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> clean the house. Yeah. Because we've got some friends around today and my wife said, uh, you know, what time are you coming home? I said, well, I'm having a coffee with, with uh, Ian after the show. Oh, well, are you going to help me? I said, I said, well, you don't like me in the kitchen. She said, well, I was thinking you could do the vacuuming. There you go. There's always a job. <laughs> there is always, isn't there? Well, it has been quite a year, hasn't it, for, for Community Action Network? And we've had some fabulous organisations, haven't we? We have. It's been tremendous to champion the small guys in the local area who are just here to help people, whatever the weather, whatever the season. Indeed. Well, in a moment or two, of course, you're going to uh, reveal the name of the January charity. But but uh, but before that, we'll talk more really about about can has it been a, a good year has it still been a challenging year for you guys both it's very very positive we've had some wonderful new members of the team we've had some new roles and commissions um i'll talk about a couple of projects that, that have expanded um but we're there the nuts and bolts is that we're there to support not-for-profits who are here in bcp and dorset to support people who live locally and of course the one thing that becomes very evident to me is you know we're, we're the not-for-profit organizations not doing what they are doing so incredibly well i mean society would just come to a grinding hollow wouldn't it it would. There's always been people of goodwill, which is wonderful. Um, we work with folk who are organised, who, who have teams of people of goodwill, where possible. Um, I, the, the estimations are that it saves the statutory sector millions of pounds, mm. but it's the, the love and the hours that go into it. Our, our um, people down at the vaccination sites have clocked up 96,000 volunteering and, and hours. And still going strong, they? are, they? over the holiday. <laughs> yeah, they make my day, those people. When I go in for my jobs, you know, I'm like a pincushion, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but I see their smiling faces and, and directing people, you know, and uh, and just a lovely atmosphere in, in those centres, you know. Of course, a lot of people are a bit frightened of having the jobs, aren't they? But putting yeah. people at ease and they all that. They do. Yeah. They were gifted, the, the people at um, the volunteer Tears at Kings Park were gifted a lovely hamper lovely. from the um, staff there, which they, in true can style, then donated to another charity. Um, but the, yeah, the, the effort that's been that's been put in has been greatly appreciated. Because you know, in, in many ways, people will be sorry to see COVID go out the window because because obviously it has been uh, it has been a unifying factor, hasn't it, for so many people, bringing I mean literally thousands of people together. It has. The wonderful thing is, once it's gone. 
We have many of volunteer roles um, still still needing people. I'm glad people. you said that. Yeah, I'm glad you said so that. So people need to stay on the radar, really, can, don't want to let you go. Now, if somebody has never volunteered in their life, but maybe listening to us right now, they're thinking, you know what? Maybe I could maybe do a little something in 2023. You know, what? how would you encourage them? Probably to go on our website as a first port of call. It's got all the information there in what's called our volunteer hub. There's information about uh, the, the roles, so you can have a quick look. And it's alphabetical and it's vast. You could be a trustee, you could be a cleaner, you could be uh, a litter picker. You, you could, there are so many different things. Um, some glamorous, some less so. And there's a phone number on there to phone my wonderful colleagues, Amy and Liz, who will speak speak to you, chat you through the process and find out um, what you're interested in and what you might, what skills you might like to develop, actually. So you really help people to think through the options of what they, they could do. Definitely. Uh, and then not only that, but the, but the back of the training as well, isn't there? There is. There's lots of different support and training. Some of the volunteers have additional needs and there are charities who are happy to um, be a mentor for people who might need to uh, get, get, get a bit of help to get started. So it's all beautifully coordinated for people. Fantastic. Well, we're going to be continuing our partnership through 2023 and uh, and we're going to be announcing Hannah is going to be announcing today the wonderful uh, well it's, it's 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 interesting really because this is not not so much an organization as an organizing group of people uh, who who actually focus in on, on one major event every year but actually do all, all sorts of other bits and pieces throughout the year they do hope fm faith-filled radio That, of course, is the wonderful Paul McCartney there with Pipes of Peace. You know, I was sort of half waiting for some of the bagpipes uh, uh, to come in there, you know, because it's not on that one, on that particular version. Are you a bagpipe lover at all? Mm. (laughs) There's a time and a place for it. Well, there will be a place in this programme, I can assure you, somewhere along the line. Okay. Uh, that's why there's something over there. I'll brace myself. I always have, I have a traditional on the station. I always get the bagpipes out, you know. <laughs> yeah, and my listeners appreciate it. Yes, people all over the world switch off. Um, <laughs> anyway, the moment has come. So, this uh, January, the Community Hero uh, Organisation Group is shall we do shall we do the yes please is (laughs) i love it holocaust memorial day committee fantastic and of course you i have had quite a lot to do not so much with the committee but i used to go every year to this wonderful event which um which is obviously held uh in fact it's been held over in pool lighthouse and a couple of ones that i that, that I, I went to but of course i was able to interview the lovely linda ford horn who actually believe it or not and you wouldn't have known this when you selected this but linda and i actually went to israel uh, in, in a group and we we went to the holocaust memorial museum Goodness. and and you know linda burst into song she did this very moving song in the memorial hall hannah it would have dragged a tear from mm. from from uh, a stone mm-hmm. but anyway shall shall i talk to linda and uh, and let us let us uh, tell us a little bit about about what they do 
So, Linda, yes. first of all, many congratulations uh, for the uh, Holocaust Memorial Day Committee uh, being uh, being awarded or recognised as the community uh, organisation in the spotlight. Many congratulations. Well, thank you for that. And it was a very pleasant surprise. But so thank you. Now, obviously, the, the committee have been organising a, a special Memorial Day for quite a long time. I think it was 2008 that you started. What was the impetus that made you as a, and the, the rest of the committee get together to actually do something? Well, I've actually been involved in Holocaust Memorial Day since 2001 when it was first um, commemorated. And I was part of the original Bournemouth team that commemorated it. And for two years, we actually got funding from the council. And then... The person who was organising it had to drop out because she was the RE advisor and the funding stopped. So I carried on doing it independently and then I retired and I thought, this is ridiculous. I want to do bigger things. So I just asked random people. They weren't random. They were deliberately chosen, obviously. And our committee has grown. I think it's one of the most diverse Holocaust Memorial Day committees there is. So we got on it. Two Jews, we've got um, LGBT, we've got the humanist, we've got Romani, we've got ethnic minorities. Oh, and someone from the, as well as the Jewish community, we have someone from the Muslim community and someone from the Christian community. But having a Romani is, is quite different. We were, I think, one of the first people to have a Romani actually on our committee. Now, of course, all of those groups that you've mentioned uh, fell very heavily into the persecution bracket. When everybody, I guess, will be aware that something like six million plus Jewish people were annihilated uh, during the, the the Second World War. But of course, it was also people who were gay. It was people who had disability. It was people. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. Were, were Romanies included? Yes, they were. They were actually. They suffered very badly very badly um, so and a lot of people don't realize this so it is what that is why it was so important to have Betty on our committee so it's basically anybody who didn't fit into the Aryan race view of life uh, and and so on yeah, most but, definitely. now if we were to pop along, I mean, obviously, I've had the privilege of being to more than one of your events. Uh, but let's assume people listening to us right now have never been what what are they likely to encounter uh, in terms of the program? We always start our events the same way, and we have seven candles lit, one for each of the six million Jews who were murdered during the Holocaust, and the other one for the other million who weren't Jewish who also were murdered. And we have seven young people doing a reading from something called the Holocaust Statement of Commitment. And up till now, up till 2022, we had people from those communities that are still suffering discrimination. So the communities I just mentioned, plus disabled people who still suffer discrimination. But 2023, the theme is ordinary people. So we've done it slightly differently this year. So people coming along to light the candles this year, the adults, will be ordinary people that do extraordinary things in a very quiet way. So they're people that try and make this world a better place very quietly without wanting plaudits. And then we've got seven youngsters who also do the same thing to read from our statement of commitment. So we've gone about it slightly differently this year. We have this commemoration and then we will, we've had main speakers. So we've actually had last year we had, sorry, 2022, which is this year still. We had Louise from D talking about how black people suffered in the Holocaust. Again, a lot of people don't realize that 
that was horrific for those people, particularly those who were living in Germany. And um, then we had try and get either a survivor to speak or a relation of the survivor to speak. And then we have a very small closing ceremony. Now, obviously, there are those people still who would say, you know, well, what, what's the point of remembering something so so tragic? If anybody came and, and, and leveled that criticism uh, at you and indeed the other members of the committee, what would be your response? I would show them a picture that was painted by Marc Chagall in, I think it was 1938 or 9, showing a family fleeing from Ukraine because of the persecution. And the synergy between what's happening in Ukraine today, I think, is one of the reasons for doing Holocaust Memorial Day. Also, Holocaust Memorial Day is to remember the Holocaust and subsequent genocide. And I think that's very important. Have we learned the lessons of the Holocaust and genocide? No, we haven't. And that is why it's so important we need to carry on, carry on telling people about these horrific things that happened and are still happening. It's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they used to talk about those times as being like the war to end all wars. You know, of course, it, it was anything but the, the war to end all wars. Um, why do you think we're so so slow to learn lessons, particularly of this nature? If I knew the answer to that question, I'd share it with politicians. I, I really don't know. I think it's something to do with... It's not us. It's the others that let it happen because the thing for Holocaust Memorial Day is ordinary people. Now, ordinary people can be bystanders, they can be victims, they can be perpetrators, and they can be extraordinary people who put their head above the parapet to try and make the world a better place. Maybe there are not enough people who would do that. Maybe there's too many bystanders. Mm -hmm. I leave that for you to think about. The other thing, of course, is that, that why do you think that Jewish people particularly were uh, singled out by the Nazis? I mean, I mean, obviously, you, I suppose you could argue that that some of those other groups um, that you could understand maybe why the Nazis would have went after them. But why? Why Jewish people? I think it's because we've always been different. A, a lot of Jews have assimilated before the war. But a lot of Jews different didn't, and maybe there was jealousy. They needed a scapegoat, and who best a scapegoat was the Jews, and they did it very successfully through using what was then their media, because of those horrible cartoons that were done, and people listened and followed, and not enough people stood up against it. Of course, even in those dark days, Linda, there were people who actually came to the aid of Jewish family. I think of the Corrie Ten Boom family in, in uh, I think it was in um, Amsterdam or it was certainly uh, one of the other countries. Uh, but there were lots of people who actually stood up and were kind of, and, and actually helped Jewish people to escape. Most definitely. And they are remembered, as you know, in Yad Vashem. And um, one of the events... It's not a public event. I um, organise events for, for um, year eights and above, and we have a special student uh, Holocaust Memorial Day event. And the person who's been speaking for the last three or four years at these events, his name's Henry. He was a hidden child. And so many people quietly worked to save, managed to get his mother 
out of Germany. She unfortunately, with her husband, did perish, but they saved Henry. And when Henry arrived in Belgium, he was taken into a nursery by a young Roman Catholic nurse who looked after him and many other Jewish children. He went in as one thing and he came out as a Roman Catholic boy and went to live with a Roman Catholic family. Now, had those people been found out, I hate to think what would have happened to them. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Of course, the school's education programme is something you hold particularly dear. Tell us something about the work that you do and, and the reaction that you get from some of the children. Well, um, the theme for 2022 was one day, and the theme for next year is ordinary people. And I don't want to tell it in case people are listening, but I went into a school and I did an assembly I'd worked out to teach the children about the Holocaust. So this was from, say, 10 to 12 year olds. So you have to do it quite gently. And I told them a story about somebody they knew about. I'll tell you, it's Judith Kerr. Now, everybody knows Judith Kerr because of Mog and the tiger who came to tea. But what people don't know is that her father was a German. She was born in Berlin, I think in 1928, I'm not sure the year, and they were very, very assimilated Jews. She knew she was Jewish, but they didn't go to synagogue or anything like that. Her father knew about what Hitler wanted and spoke out against him and wrote about him and broadcast on the radio about him. And one day he was ill in bed with flu and the phone rang and it was a German policeman. And the German policeman who didn't know this man said, if you don't leave the country today, your passport's going to be taken away and you will never leave this country. So Judith's father immediately packed, ill away who he was, he went to Prague and then to Switzerland. And then a month later, Judith, her brother Michael and his mother quietly left the country, ended up in Switzerland, then ended up in France where she spent most of her teenage years Eventually, she came to this country and she wrote these books all about Mog that I read to my grandchildren and children still read today. Without that one brave man that had that German policeman been found out, his life wouldn't have been worth living because of that one brave, ordinary man. Children today can read these fantastic stories and telling the children about the Holocaust that way is a very gentle way of making them realise that horrible things happen to people and of course by the time they get to year eight which is when they actually officially meant to learn about the Holocaust they're ready to learn about maybe the more gruesome side of it. I mean obviously children are very astute and they pick up very much on stories like the one you've just you've just shared with us there Linda. What sort of questions did they tend to ask you? They always ask me if I've suffered anti-semitism and I have in a very mild way and I share those stories with them I tell them about people I know who unfortunately were survivors but have died now. I tell them things that have happened to them if I think they're old enough to take it. And they say, they ask the questions that you ask, why? Why were Jews chosen? Why? How could anybody do those horrible things to people? So they ask that kind of question. We've talked a lot, obviously, about the negative, um, but actually the importance of remembering, you know, because nobody ever wants that to ever happen again. What is it that encourages you most? I mean, because if any if any person that I know um, ha has done 
uh, anything at all to to make life better and to bring these things to the fore. It's got to be you. You you've invested your life uh, in in actually sharing these things, and you have seen people coming together. You are seeing com- people coming together. What is it in all of the education work that you've been doing and the interaction with all of the groups that are involved in one way or another? What is it, Linda, that that really uh, encourages you? First of all, it's not just me. There are hundreds of people around the country doing similar things to me. And there's a couple of people on my committee that go into schools and do things. And I think it's if I can, if I or the speakers that I take into schools can change the opinion of one child and make one student brave enough to stand up when they see an act of discrimination or something going wrong, then I feel I've achieved my mission. I hope we can do that with more than one. But if we can change the opinion of a child that might be slightly going to be bigoted, then that's that's what spurs me on. And also, um, the Holocaust hasn't directly affected my family. My family, my grandparents came to this country at the beginning of the last century to escape from programs. But I still feel I owe it to them to stand up against discrimination of any form, any form at all. Now, as, as we close, uh, I have many happy memories of when you and I and with a group of other folk from the BCP area traveled to Israel. And of course, we went to that memorial uh, site of Yad Vashem. Uh, and I have memories of you singing a song, actually, uh, yes. in, in one of the memorial halls. You were very moved, actually. I mean, although you, you'd known about all of the facts of what happened, when we were there together, you were you were incredibly moved, weren't you? Yes, it's. I'm not going to sing it for you now. Um, it's a Jewish Christmas carol, which seems a bit of tautology. And I managed to sing it in, it was the memorial hall, wasn't it? And everything yes, was around. And I sung it and I turned and looked at one of the other Jewish females that was in the group, and I just lost it completely. And I just think it was a lot of emotion that was welling up. Yeah, that was an amazing moment. So, Linda, obviously you're working towards the 2023 event. Tell us where and when. So the main event is on the 29th of January. We always try to do our events on a Sunday, and it is at the Paul Lighthouse on the 29th, starting at 2 and finishing at 430 and for information, if you go into our website, which is bhholocaust.wordpress.com, you should be able to find details about it. And booking will be through Eventbrite. And by the time this goes out, the Eventbrite link will be up. So uh, you would advise people no doubt to get their tickets early because you, you tend to, it tends to be a sellout, doesn't it? Yes, and this is the first one for two years that we would have done face-to-face, hopefully, because our last two have been on Zoom. Not not quite the same, though, is it? Not quite the same, because you haven't got that personal interaction. And one of the good things about having it live is that we have an interval, and the networking that goes on during that interval is absolutely incredible. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining me on the radio uh, today, and we wish you every success with the 2023 event. And, of course, a special congratulations for the committee being selected by uh, by the Community Action Network uh, as the as the Community Action Group uh, uh, Heroes in the Spotlight. I think that's what they're calling you. Thank Linda. you very much, Brett. It's nice to, nice to speak with you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much.